Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to this week's episode of Ringing the Blues, the official Wickham Wanderers podcast. On this week's show, it's been a busy week on the pitch. We've got league action against Port Vale and FA Cup first round action against Walsall. We hear from the chairman who's got a meeting with the Wickham Wanderers Trust this Wednesday to find out what that's all about. Jason McCarthy has his pre-match playlist picks. Plus, we've got the opposition view times two. But first, let's head to Mexico City. Not for the results, but for a wonderful Wickham Wanderers tradition. Over to you, Uri. We are ringing the blues from Mexico City. My name is Uri, and this weekend the FA Cup was played and there are too many results. So instead, I have a poem to recite. This yearly poem is a great Wickham Wanderers tradition. And the poem is called the Oily Sailor FA Cup Poem 2022. And it goes like this. The snow fell hard on a humdrum town. This club has dragged you down. It's December 1990, Gaza's in his prime. But down in deep high Wycombe, it's challenge trophy time. Look, it's hard to understand this, but I swear to God they cheered. All around the local community, Peterborough were revered. A different time, but the same old new place. Adams Park, so fresh and new. Local interest, national interest. Just what can little Wickham do? Turns out nothing. It's a football-focused meme. Mudson in his hated coat, killing all our dreams. God, the prophets outsiders made that day, as the angels know did fall, while we lost some decent revenue and no one kicked a ball. That sheepskin coat shaped football for 20 years or more, when all it was in truth was bad news for the backroom lads on final score. Times moved on, things have changed. It doesn't snow these days. Motson's coat is in a skip, somewhere out near Hayes. So drink it in the FA Cup. Remember that brown coat worn by Biggs? And somewhere in a flatland field, a swan man turns and shrieks. Cheers, Uri. Your yearly drop of culture, courtesy of Oily Sailor. Tuesday night, Wickham Wanderers took on Port Vale at Adams Park in what was a mid-table clash in League One. Rhino joined us on comms. Here's what happened. Now Jason McCarthy brings the ball forwards from right back. The captain this evening. Freeman's in space in the box. He can't find him, so he holds onto the ball. Instead, he threads it through to Mometi. Mometi goes for goal. Oh, and scores! 
What a rocket from Alice Rometty. It seemed to be centrally placed. The keeper didn't know what to do with it, and I think it's the power that's beaten Wickham with the early goal. Wickham 1, Port Vale 0. Gives it to Freeman again. Mometti's made the run out wide, but Freeman it opens up for the left-footed shot. Oh, he skids one off the wet turf, just past the post, left-footed. Good bit of interplay, actually. Folks does so well. He, get, he gets in down the channel and, and gets in front of your man, holds it up, and there's a bit of in, interplay between himself and McCarthy. Yeah, and then Freeman drives inside, and actually about the same position that Mometti scored from, wasn't it? Mm. But, uh, yeah, just dragged his shot wide. In comes the corner. Folks with the header, back in by Massey, overhead kick, chested down and it's in! Oh, are you kidding me? The equaliser comes in. It's Wilson, Wickham couldn't clear their lines from the set piece and that's a real sucker punch at the end of the first half. Just couldn't deal with the second ball. I mean, I think the first one's dealt with and it's hooked back in and, and uh, um, it's sort of almost held up on the line and then Wilson hooks it in. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a sloppy goal to give away, unfortunately. Ball into the edge of the box, it drops down to Wing, urge to shoot! Oh, yes! Oh, there we go. What a goal from Lewis Wing! Second goal in seven days from the midfielder. It sat up on the volley and he swung his right boot through it and it skidded past Stevens to give Wickham the lead again. Wickham 2, Port Vale 1. Well, we talked about picking up the second ball, didn't we? And uh, he was one of the few guys that didn't go into the box. Um, Port Vale win the header. I think Harrison again back in that defensive area wins the header and it just dropped to wing. He took one touch and much like uh, the goal he scored against Cambridge, smashed it from about 25 yards in the bottom corner. Corner, which is where the first goal came from Port Vale. Left footed out swinger. Conlon gets up and it is in. Their second goal from, from a corner as well. And it's Conlon who's celebrating. It looked like it may have been deflected in as well. And Wickham Wanderers struggling to defend the set pieces. Gareth, a 2-2 draw, but frustrating the way that the opposition's goals come about tonight. Yeah, this, you know, obviously straight to that. We've got to defend set pieces better. There's four set pieces now in three games against. Um, and if you keep conceding set pieces, you give yourself mountains to climb in games. And, and we've scored two good goals tonight. You know, um, arguably one of ours is a set play. You know, Lewis Wing strike from a from a, a free kick. But um, we did more than enough tonight to, to win the game. You know, but um, unfortunately you can't defend like that. It's the middle of the six-yard box. There's a free header. But we never get that from our corners. And uh, and you know, you're asking for trouble if you let that happen. So um, we'll be working on those without a doubt. Um, and it was a scrappy game. You know. I thought we played really well on Saturday against Morecambe and, and created, especially first half, numerous chances, but nothing really clear cut. And then today, um, again, nothing clear cut, but we always looked a threat, you know. And uh, and I think we uh, we saw some uh, some of the tired legs as well, which uh, which you know probably we're going to have to change up for Saturday's game against Walsall. But um, no, I'm proud of the boys. Just. Uh, just defending those corners would have been uh, would have been spot on tonight because it was always going to be a scrappy game. Port Vale are fighting to stay in this league. You know they've got promoted last season. They've come. They're big. They're strong. They go long. They go into Harrison, who who won a lot of flicks. You know, and Chris Freeno picked an injury up in the first half, which didn't help things. And um, you know we've got to make sure that um, we learn from this tonight and we uh, we're more adaptable when uh, when these set pieces come in.
Was the timing of that Chris Farina injury sort of critical with that first corner as well, the first goal that Port Bell scored yeah, in the first mean, half injury time because he picked up a knock just prior to it? No, he picked the knock up about 15 minutes earlier uh, and I think it's probably a lesson for everyone, you know. If he, it's a brilliant fault if he's tried to soldier on, but if, if people aren't fit, you've got to, you've got to get off the pitch you know, and, and let someone else take over. But um, Chris is a phenomenal player. He's going to play at the top two levels without a shadow of a doubt for me. I think he's... Uh, He's an unbelievable prospect, you know, um, this football club has got. Um, but he'll learn again tonight. He's a, he's a great kid. Um, I love him to bits, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we, uh, we, you know, we get him fit before he plays again. Uh, I think it's just a whack. I don't think it's anything to twist or a sprain or anything like that. So I think he'll be short, short turnaround. But um, no, it was, uh, it was one of those frustrating nights, you know, the, the first corner is, I think, there's... A, a shot that hits somebody in the chest and they do an overhead kick that, that gets, yeah, honestly, I want to have a look at this and uh, and find out if something's against us. It looked like we might have been able to have a penalty as well, second half, or people are saying it's just outside the box. Either way, the referee didn't give that and uh, and that's another chance to score. But um, it's just going that way at the moment. But we're not losing games. It's really important. You know, I think that's that's the last six. We've only lost one, which is, which is a good record to have. And, uh, and if we can just turn these draws into wins, um, we'll start climbing that table. Brandon Handling coming back, starting tonight, playing the full 90. Uh, looks sharp at times. Yeah, I think Brandon's uh, going to be a big player for us. You know, we've only got Sam and Brandon as, as out and out centre forwards. You know, we've got Ali and uh, and TJ as, as sort of the the youngsters coming through. But uh, I thought Brandon played well, especially in the central role. When you know it's uh, it's been tough to replace Volksy at times. Um, Bayo obviously did it last season. We're going to need a different way of playing there, and we're, we're still transitioning into this. And uh, but I mean, Anis's goal is fabulous, you know, and, and we, we we look like we've we've got threats on the pitch. Demani getting more minutes. Gareth McCleary, you know, I thought I'd rest his his old legs tonight. Um, but Saturday's going to be a different proposition again. You know, we we look at Walsall, we'll, we'll see what they're coming with. Uh, and I've got one or two coming back from injury, which is great to uh, to be able to say. And hopefully we can uh, we can get through to the next round of the cup. The introduction of introduction of Gareth McCleary made a big difference with ten minutes to go. Was there maybe a slight regret of not doing it earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You know, I, I probably wish I had thrown him on a little bit earlier. But um, you know, you always think you, you're going to get in the game and you're going to get something out of the game. But um, I didn't see the, the the set piece and the free header coming, and you know, I probably would have uh, would have introduced him even earlier if I knew that was happening. But um, no, you uh, you look at hindsight and uh, everyone's got a great a great degree in that after the game. You know, I'm sure plenty of people would have. Uh, would have told me what team to pick and, and what to do after the game, but not many before. Uh, looking for a bit of luck, have you had your hair cut? I've had my hair cut, yeah. It's some of the worst regrets of my life, haircuts, and uh, I'm still regretting this one a little bit, but um, it'll grow back, I'm sure. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, It was time for a change, and uh, he's just looking a bit ratty, so I had to go, Phil. Looking sharp, guys. Cheers, mate. <laughs> a chilly night then at Adams Park, where the Port Vale fans were glowing after a 2-2 draw under the lights against Wickham Wanderers. Here's the opposition view, part one. Number one. I'll take that. Up to tenth, behind twice, and Wickham with twice the wage budget. Half the skill and a quarter of the class. Back to Burslem. Valiant, 593. A good point, but we deserved all three there. We were far better than they were on the night, in my opinion, and it shows how far we've come when I'm disappointed we haven't beaten Wickham away. Great result again. Hey up now. 
I'm happy with any point away from home, but we could very well have won that. We were well on top when their second went in out of absolutely nowhere. We're a very decent side and are proving very tough to beat. It's looking good. Superhuman. We probably could have won that. We had the better chances and both their goals could have been avoided. Being clinical in both boxes is so much more important in this league. Shows how far we've come when we're unlucky not to get three points away at a team who were in the playoffs last season. Vale forever. I thought we played the better football and had some really good spells. And on another night, we win the game. They scored two rockets from outside the box and did absolutely nothing else. Darren? I'd say a point was a fair result. They looked dangerous going forward. Vokes was an handful. And that Anlon, he was a pain too. Hot rat. Yet another entertaining game with moments of real quality passing and committed tackles. Every match we're getting stronger and wiser and I get more optimistic of a top 10 finish. It's a great time to be a Vale fan. On balance, Wickham will probably go away relieved with a draw and 11 men on the pitch too. It's appreciated when refs let games flow, but when he did blow his whistle, particularly during the first half, it was invariably inconsistent, plain wrong, and he let some really cynical tackles go unpunished. Vale fans 16. On another day, we score five or six with the chances we had tonight. They scored two goals out of nothing and created little else. We showed great character and our lethal corners did the trick again. That's seven for the season from corners. In crap weather against a physical and streetwise side, to be frustrated to only get a point shows the progress we've made. I thought Smith dealt with Vokes very well. And only the big clubs and big spenders are above us in the league now. Top of the rest, which is good going. Playing well and looking a decent, solid League One team now we've settled. Boslem Port Vale, 91. I would have bitten your hand off if I was offered 10th spot in the league this far into the season. The never-die attitude of our players was on show once again tonight. It was a good game of football, which could have gone either way. But I wonder if Smith has let Vokes out of his pocket yet. Robinson looks better with every game too. A true diamond in the rough. And you can just tell his touch and ability to get at defences and get those crosses in is top-notch. A potentially decent right-back or right-wing-back at a higher level, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if scouts were already watching him. Alex Stevenson. The nine teams that are currently above us have a reported combined squad value of 90 million quid. Seven of those teams have spent time in the Premier League. Against three of them, we only lost by a single goal. We got a point off Bolton and beat Derby at Pride Park. Allow that to sink in. We've come so far. Valiant. A good point against a decent team and an excellent game of football, considering the weather. Every time I see Robinson play for us, I'm hugely impressed. Oh, and it's always good to see Gazza Rainsworth and his smashing crop of air too. I'll tell you what, Robbie Williams has done really well because I thought he'd struggle after take that. 
So the chairman is in town and he's meeting with the Wickham Wanderers Trust on Wednesday. It's open to trust members and I spoke to him ahead of that meeting to find out a bit more about what's going on. Rob, you're meeting with the trust. Trust members are available to go. What's all this about? Well, we've been looking for some time in how to properly align the ownership with the obligations of the club. Remember, we are dedicated to the proposition that this club should be in the championship. Uh, we're dedicated to the proposition that it should be financially sustainable. Uh, one of the things, though, that we have come to recognize, and I've learned the difference between a big club and a little club, it isn't all that history and all that. It's the fact that we have a stadium right now that seats about 9,500 on its best days, and we're competing and we're drawing 6,000, 6,500, and we're competing this year against probably five clubs who are drawing well in excess of 20,000 per game. That means we are losing to them probably five to six million dollars of available revenue to spend on the teams. Uh, Pete, Missy, myself, we've talked about it. We're prepared to continue to put money in, but obviously we need to have the ownership aligned with it. The trust, I think, is going through a little period of introspection as to what it means to be a trust. Why do they want it? Uh, we also need to do some things uh, with the stadium lease that are critical so that we can do the improvements to the facility on a financially responsible way. And then, you know, a, the final thing, I guess, is to have a frank discussion about, I have come to learn that in English football, an owner is a steward, but there is a tenure to that stewardship. Pete's inability to stay because of the problems with getting his kids uh, to get the work visas and the like to play ball over here uh, has left us in sort of a weird spot. And so... I need to make sure we're setting things up to make sure we can make this club as good as we can be, make sure we can do the improvements we want, but in the long run that the, the economics work out for everybody. You mentioned the stadium. In, in sort of layman's terms, what does this mean for the ownership model of the stadium? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I know the trust loves owning the stadium. Uh, I know the trust loves us taking care of their asset. And I know that they uh, feel very s safe that, that it's with us as the owners. Uh, but if we're going to redo as much as we plan on redoing and using the club's money, then there has to be some give and take on that. But candidly, we've come to an agreement. I'm leaving it up to the lawyers to figure out what that really means. Uh, and as a lawyer myself, I always love it when my, when my uh, clients leave it up to me. But in this case, I love being the client and leaving it up to them. So this meeting on Wednesday with yourself and the trust, what can the fans expect from that? Is, is the decision been made? Is there any input from the I th fans? I think the decision has been made in the sense that the trust board and I have agreed on a way forward. And it will involve a substantial reduction of the ownership of the trust in the club. And it will involve a substantial rewrite of the lease, extending the lease uh, long into the future. All of which is good for those people who are fans of Wickham football, I believe. Uh, but what it will mean is, is that there, once again, you'll be moving towards more private ownership than uh, trust ownership. And for fans who think we're not selling out the 9,000, why the need for extra capacity? That's a great question. And most people... 
if you think about it, part of the reason we're not selling out the 9,000 is we don't have some of the things that you need. We don't have the road that we're working so intently to get on. I, I have every reason to believe that, that we're going to be able to get that road, uh, assuming we get through the regulatory hurdles. Uh, uh, Mr. Dashwood has been more than, more than generous in terms of coming to uh, the table, and I think we'll be able to do an agreement with him very shortly. When you have that, it will, it will make it easier to go to the games. But what, what you also want to do is make the, the place itself better. Uh, it's Look, I love the terrace. When it's sold out, there's no place more jumping in English football. But it needs to be bigger. It needs to be more substantial. It needs to have some creature comforts for it. Uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, origin side, I was about to say presonus, but now origin side of the stadium needs to have it closer to the action. And we need to be able to put some more seats in there so that people want to sit there. And then we just need to do some generally upgrading of the seats. I want to do more for the disabled on their sides and the like. So this, you know, we're not talking about a massive increase. We're talking about 2,500 people in a 10,000. Remember, it's supposed to be a 10,000-seat stadium. They won't let us seat 10,000 people here because of the roadway. Uh, but... What's happening, Phil, and whether we talk about Ipswich or we talk about ourselves, interest in, in the Wanderers continues to grow. It continues to grow worldwide, and that means more people want to come to Wickham, and we want to make sure when they come here we put our best foot forward. So for me, having an effect, and remember, that's the goal. By the time this is over, we will have, in effect, a brand-new stadium. It will be create its own level of excitement, and I would hope by the time we get there, we're regular members of the championship. On to the FA Cup. Walsall in town to take on Wickham Wanderers in the first round. Brian Jeeves joined us on commentary. Here's what happened. Ball's going to be whipped in now by Gordon. Good delivery. Goes to the back post and it's there. Maddox scores on the volley. And Wickham's woes from set pieces continue. Gordon whips it in, and Maddox right-footed slams it past Strick, who had no chance in the Wickham goal, and the finger-pointing in the Wicker defence starts again. Wickham nil, Walsall one. It's a great finish from Maddox. He's come in and smashed it first time, but who was picking him up? Wow. You know, the corner's come over. Everyone's looking at each other. Great finish, but um, oh, question marks over the defending. Let's them down. Wickham clear to Vokes, who's grappling with Monte. Gets it back. To McCarthy, McCarthy over the top looking for Hanlon. Daniel's defence, but Wing gets onto it, feeds it to Hanlon. Kai Kai's in acres of space, oh the ball's over here. Kai Kai is in the box, goes past one, he goes down, referee says penalty. Penalty to Wickham. Wickham have the penalty, Kai Kai beat his man on the outside, the leg was dangled. It's Knowles that they're defending, and it's a penalty to Wickham. And who takes this? There's no Jacobson. It's Brandon Hanlon who's got the ball in his hands. Brandon Hanlon then in front of the Valley End. It's a quite essential run. Three or four space uh, steps up to the ball. It's going to be right-footed. Evans is bouncing up and down on his toes here. Hanlon dances up to the ball and it's saved. Keeper bounced his way out and went down low to his right. And it's a save by Owen Evans and it's not Wickham's day yet. Back to Kinsella, runs forwards with it, 
goes down the channel. Defended by Wickham, but Monte has the ball now, lays it to Maddox. Maddox has got away from wing now. Maddox on the left wing. Inside the box, goes on the outside. It's a great run, cuts the ball back. It goes right away across, and it's there. It's 2 0. Wickham Wanderers undone down the left hand side. And it's Hutchinson with the strike, and the Walsall fans in raptures. And there's an FA Cup upset on the cards here at Adams Park. Wickham nil, Walsall 2. Mometi, oh, he's done really well to get away from Kinsella. Goes past Knowles, goes past another. And it's Mometi! He rolls the ball past the post from the shot. It was a jinking run. It was Maradona-esque, wasn't it? Slippery. Dropping a shoulder, beating two, three. Right-footed shot, though. Not the power or the accuracy. Gareth, the first round exit uh, in the FA Cup again. A disappointing day. Yeah, really disappointing, you know. We... Uh... We almost got back in this, you know, penalty, I think, is the big turning point. Uh, and, you know, for all the world, you want Brandon to score that in front of the home end. Uh, but um, that's sort of, you know, put the uh, the icing on the cake for, for Walsall, you know, a penalty save. And then they go around the other end and score a second, which puts us out of the game. But I thought we, we liked a bit of fight, a little bit of desire. You know, there was, there was a couple of changes in the team, a couple of people getting opportunities. And, uh, and I've got to make sure that, you know, we get back to that team that beat Peterborough here and, and the team that won away at Oxford and things like that. So um, we know we can do it. It's just now finding that that magic formula that we uh, we had only a couple of weeks ago. You know, that fighting desire has been your hallmark really throughout your tenure. Is it disappointing that it's been lacking today? It was, yeah, it was. You know, it was. Uh, the, the, I thought the Walsall fans uh, got right behind their team. They they were very loud today, and, and you could hear them all game. And and I think Walsall gave them something to shout about. You know, and uh, and sometimes my players have to get this, this place going and create their own atmosphere. But um, Walsall stepped on us from the start. You know, they uh, they scored from a corner, and uh, and then the second goal really disappoints me. You know, danced right through us, and we didn't seem to we didn't seem to stop any any anyone was ready to stop that happening and, and that really killed us off because at 1-0 you've always got a chance I think you know there's nerves coming to that and um, made a lot of changes in the second half early enough for hopefully people to impact but it just didn't happen and uh, and we've got to make sure that we, we pick the bones out of it quick and get ready for Forest Green in the league next week because we need to get back to winning ways that's uh, three or four without a win now and uh, and that's that's something that I've got to address. Going back to the first goal a corner another set piece. Yeah um, Listen, ultimately, I'll take responsibility for it, I do. Uh, and I've, I've got to make sure that um, when we do defend set pieces, we're, we're better than we've been in the last uh, in the last few games. So, yeah, put that one to bed. Um, but our set pieces, including penalties, we've got to make them count. And uh, and that would have been a big turning point today. Um, gutted, you know, because uh, you know, it wasn't a, a great... A great occasion. It wasn't a, a massive, uh, a massive turnout today. But we've got to make sure that we uh, we're better than the teams that are below us, especially in divisions, you know. And, and we've got some good, good players out there. It just didn't turn up today, and uh, and I, I'm I'm looking for the reasons. I'll, I'll have to work through this one and, and and find out just why Walsall just stepped on us that little bit today. Disappointing for me because, like you say, that's been our hallmark for for many years, um, and we've got to get back to that. Hard to beat. Um, not nasty, but but people not liking to come to Wickham, and uh, at the moment it's just a little bit easy to come here and, and get the points. You often like to find the positives. Any positives today? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Ryan Tafazola getting minutes, Sulikaka, TJ. You know, so there's some positives. Anis Mamati, I thought, came on and looked very exciting again. Where he is, uh, Josh Collins very close to coming back as well, which is great. You know, um, 
saving a few legs. You know, Gareth McLeary picked up a knock in the in the last game, so he'll be back for next Saturday. Chris Farino similar got a knock Tuesday, and he'll be back for next Saturday. So, um, plenty of positives. You know, I think we missed some of our big players, um, but when you know when we're not at full strength, I still expect us to to be more competitive than they were today. But ultimately, I'm the manager. Down to me. I'll sort it. Wicked fans must be very excited about hearing the name Josh go and, and nearly back. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's been training on the outside on the pitches now, you know, and, and it's it's unfortunate that we've lost our our midfield this season. You know, um, Lewis and Nick and, and Wheels have all been trying to fill in there, you know, and like I say, Lewis is probably the only natural midfielder. Um, but the destroyers of, of Scowen and Gabe and Thompson, you know, have all been missing all season. And, um, well, not Josh, but. Um, coincidentally, Joshua's back when we were picking points up. So we've got to make sure that we, uh, we're super competitive with those players in the team. And uh, so there's going to be one or two changes now, you know, and the squad's going to get very, very competitive. And I'm sure there's going to be some disappointed players here, but that's football. I've got to put my best team out there to win the points. We want to give it a real go in League One now. And there's no cups left. All we've got is the league. I intend to have a great second half of the season and make those playoffs. That's, that's the aim. Um, We've got backing from the Kuigs, who was over today, Rob, you know, and, uh, and Missy. Great to see them. We've got total backing from them to, to get to these playoffs. Uh, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident we can do this. Well, the Saddlers fans were delighted. They're not one away since August. They're in the second round of the FA Cup. And here's the opposition view, part two. Brody. Wow, what a game that was. How are we sitting 12th in the league playing like this? To think a lot of supporters were calling for Flynn to go a couple of weeks ago. I think it's great what he's done and he's continuing to do for us. Up the Saddlers! Latvian cheese. Whilst not amongst the joint killings of all time, that's what you'd call a proper effing result. Good on you, Mickey. I'm well proud of him tonight. Simon. Our away form is usually shocking. But we fully deserve to go through to round two today. And our great following sang their hearts out for the whole match. Tom Marlowe. Our first away win in nine attempts. And our first win against a team from an higher division since 2016. Flynn and the 520 fantastic travelling fans certainly enjoyed that one. Killer 78. It's nice to beat another tin-pot outfit that's overtaken us in recent years. Well done, the lads. Jolly Johnny. Excellent result and performance to get a clean sheet and win away at a team in the league above us. Well done to the team and the fans for the effort to outdo the home support. A few beers for me tonight, I feel. And bring on a great draw on Monday. Sephiroth, 92. Wow. Well, that was a surprise. Excellent job, lads. I thought they'd kill us. Awesome result. Walsall casual. Uh, almost a nosebleed moment for us long-suffering fans. An excellent performance and a result. Well done to all involved. On to the next round and hopefully a big draw or a big day out. DN4 Sadler. I'd just like to comment on how important that penalty save was with the score at 1-0. Evans has had some justified criticism this season, but what a difference that must have made today. Gavin, 77. I just hope this result can be a catalyst for a surge up the league table. The players should gain so much confidence and belief from that display. 
the red moon really could be rising at last this time. Rawhide! Playlist picks, and you may remember that Big Chris Ferrino nominated Anis Bometti. Now, Anis, in his own words, doesn't do music, bruv. So we've got Jason McCarthy off the subs bench. Uh, Jace, welcome to Playlist Picks. You get three songs on yeah. the pre-match playlist ahead of Walsall in the FA Cup. Uh, music, is it a big part of your life? Yes, music is a big part of my life. I would say it is, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say it is. Okay, so what's the first song? So the first stro- first song is going to be Where the Streets Have No Name, U2. Okay. Um, so there's a personal um, sort of feeling behind this as well. So um, I love the song. Anyway, I'm a big fan of U2. Um, but my uncle, um, who used to box, he was a professional boxer. This was his walkout song. Um, so it's a big song in my family. Um, he passed away a few years ago, my uncle, but... Um, whenever that song comes on, it was played at his funeral. It's a big song for me, gets me motivated, and that's what he used to walk out to. So that that's going to be my first pick. When you're in the car and the radio's on, how do you feel when that song comes on, when it's sort of unprompted and just appears? Yeah, it reminds me of him. Um, it reminds me of my family. Um, and uh, it motivates me, because my uncle was like a big hero in my family, and he was sort of like... It's, we had a great relationship as well, and I've sort of, for me and him, it was like I was sort of trying to keep the name going. Um, obviously, then with football, um, but like I said, I'm a big fan of U2. Anyway, they're probably one of, if not my favourite band. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be my, my first pick. Okay, Jason McCarthy's first pick, where the streets have no name, by U2. That's a decent start, Jace. Yeah. Uh, FA Cup coming up this weekend against a team that you used to play for as well. What's the FA Cup mean to you? It means a lot. Um, I think uh, it means a lot to the club as well. The club have had great um, memories in the FA Cup, but so have I. I think, think of the Tottenham game um, a few years ago. Um, I think about the Aston Villa game when I was first here as well. Uh, so, yeah, I've got great memories of, of the FA Cup and it always brings... a bit of excitement and I think whether you're on a good run or a bad run it's always sort of welcomed the FA Cup and I know the fans really there's an extra spice to it as well it's got great history and it's got great memories growing up as well of um, watching the FA Cup and uh, yeah a lot of people say it's sort of not the same anymore but I disagree I think for as a player it's it's brilliant and something you really look forward to and you can sense and feel the history behind it. Wickham went out in the first round last year. Are we due a good run, do you reckon? Yeah, why not? I think we we are, yeah. I think, obviously, we've got to go and do the business on Saturday first. Um, but I think there's no reason why we can't get some momentum going um, in the FA Cup. And um, I think it's a good draw for us, one at home. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I think there's no reason why we can't go on a good run this year. 
you're probably too young to remember the great FA Cup songs when teams used to get to the final. They would often release a single. Uh, I'm not sure that would happen these days, but uh, I'm not sure who would do the Wickham one. Maybe Gareth <laughs> would do the Wickham one if we got there. Uh, what's your second song for the playlist for, before the FA Cup first round game? So a lot of people who know me will know that my Christian music is a lot to me and I listen to Christian music a lot. Um, there's a local artist from around here. He's from Slough. Um, uh -huh. It's called Called Out Music. Um, and the song is all in all. Okay. Um, so I'm, I, I speak to him often through social media. He's got quite a good following now. Um, so I, obviously I was thinking I wanted to get one song in there um, that sort of resembles my, my beliefs as well. So I think um, all in all is a good one. And I don't I think when people hear it, they won't really believe that it is like a... Christian music, I think people might be expecting like gospel, but it's not really. It's quite hip hoppy and dancey, and I think uh, that's a good one. So I wanted to get one of them in there. So, and uh, yeah, he's he's become quite a good friend to me as well. So I'm going to go for called out music. All in all, is my um, second pick. Okay, a new one for me. Let's check this out. Jason McCarthy's second choice. Okay, Jason McCarthy on the playlist this week. Jace, um, FA Cup, if we did get to the third round, who would be the dream? Liverpool. I'd say Liverpool. Or I'd say all Southampton. Obviously, Southampton for obvious reasons. We'd probably be able to beat them, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, maybe Adams Park on our small pitch. Get a high <laughs> press going. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, Southampton or Liverpool. Southampton for obvious reasons. Um, we'd love to go go back or play them again. Um, I mean, lots of my family as well that, but Liverpool because I I support them and uh, I've just always been a massive ambition of mine to play at Anfield. Um, so, I mean, it'd be a tough game, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe not a bad time to play them at the moment. Um, I'm sure I'll eat my words there if we do um, draw them. But yeah, Liverpool or Southampton would be my my dream. My dream FA Cup draw. The FA Cup is a great vehicle for players, especially in the lower leagues and the non-league, to make history. We lost Ronnie Radford yesterday, who scored one of the best ever FA Cup goals in the 70s, knocking out Newcastle for Hereford when they were non-league. Wickham have got their own in Roy Eason Doe. Uh, do the play are the players aware of that when they go into these big games thinking, I could create magic here, I could be having my phone rung in 20 years' time asking me about this moment? I don't know, you know. I'm not sure if... Um that is probably going through your head before before a game, um, FA Cup game. But um, you are right. Them moments, them iconic moments in FA Cup history. I think people always remember. Um, being a Liverpool fan, I always remember Michael Owen's double at um, Wembley against Arsenal. That always in my head. I remember where I was watching it and stuff. So the FA Cup does hold, like you said, that special bit of. Um, history and something stands stays in your memory as well um then moments so there's a great feeling around the fa cup um and uh yeah it would be great if um we had some of them moments this year that we could create for the club 
Fantastic. Right, third choice then, third and final choice for the for the pre-match playlist to get everyone up for this game against Walsall. What's it going to be? Um, big fan of Coldplay. Um, Sky Full of Stars, I'm going to do. So I think everyone pretty much knows that song, but I'm a big fan of Coldplay. I was going to go watch them a couple of years back and... Um, I was gutted. Um, I think I had a transfer going through somewhere, but I ended up having to miss it. Um, but um, yeah, me and um, me and my wife are big fans of Coldplay, and uh, I'm going to go for Sky Full of Stars. I think that will that will get everyone going, and uh, a song that I, I really enjoy listening to. And if that comes on the radio, I'll, I'll whack it up. So yeah. We asked this to all the players. Uh, Gareth Ainsworth in the band. Have you heard his band? Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard his band. Yeah, what do you yeah. reckon? It's good. I love it. I love it that, like, it's one of the first things people ask me, like, when they say, I like, oh, your manager, he's in a band, isn't he? Like, it's one <laughs> of the first things people ask me when they speak about the gaffer and stuff. So, um, no, I, I, I really, really love it that gaffer does whatever he wants, really. He still holds that other side outside of football and um, um, he holds that to him. So I, I, I really like that and I think the players resemble with that as well when he... Is that because that's him being himself at exactly. the time and it encourages you to do the same? Exactly. And I think that's what the culture is here. Everyone can be themselves without being judged or without feeling like they're, you know, not being part of it. And I think Gaffer is at the forefront of that and he's showing that with what he does in his band and all sorts of other stuff. So, yeah, you're right. I think that sets the tone, really. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he does that. Well. Every player I've asked have, have said that Gareth Ainsworth band's really good. They must be hoping they're going to be in the team on Saturday. <laughs> uh, this is Jason McCarthy's final choice. This is Coldplay, Sky Full of Stars. Coldplay then, rounding off Jason McCarthy's picks uh, for the pre-match playlist against Walsall. Uh, Jason, one final task for you. Uh, we need the next person. So, member of staff or player here up at the training ground. Who's it going to be to pick these three songs for the, for the next time? Yeah, when you asked me this, I was thinking, I was thinking of someone who um, I would have no clue about what sort of music taste that they would like or the boys wouldn't either. So, I'm going to go for Max Striek because I don't have a clue what his... Um, taste would be and I think it would be interesting for everyone to see so it could be anything so I want to see what Max has got in the locker so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for him okay the, the relationship between defenders and goalkeepers uh, is pretty tight isn't it yeah. he's new here at Adams Park this yeah. season how are you getting on with Max we'll get on really well with Max um we have a good uh good relationship actually me and Max he's um he's I think to start with everyone was probably trying to work him out like he was quite quiet to start with and sort of kept himself to himself but the last month like he's come right out of his shell like with like some most of the dressing room I think and uh I think that's probably coming across now even with maybe you guys and stuff but he's a he's a great character um really likable and uh I think it's even come across in his performances actually lately I think he's been so good for us and um, he's grown in confidence as well. So, 
Um, no, he's a great lad. I get on really well with Max, and he's been a, a great acquisition, really, because, I mean, it was tough boots to, to fill, um, or gloves to fill, even. Um, David Stockdale <laughs> leaving. Um, and, uh, yeah, but Max has done great since he's come in, and he's been, he's been a great acquisition for us. Have you met his dog yet? I haven't, but... Um, his next door neighbour is Tali, who obviously she she sometimes comes in at the club and stuff. And I was I was getting a massage um, a couple of days ago, and she said, um, "You got to look out for his dog when you leave." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, I haven't met his dog yet, but um, he tells me about his dog all the time. So yeah. good stuff. Well, we'll get to know Max a bit better now, courtesy of Playlist Picks. Jason, thank you for your little window into your musical cho choices as well, and best of luck on Saturday. Nice one. Cheers, Phil. Supermax on the ones and twos. Can't wait for that one. Right, that's your lot for this week. Many thanks to Jason McCarthy and Rob Kuhig and you guys for listening in. Keep the faith. The next win is just around the corner. We'll be back next week with action and reaction from the game at Forest Green Rovers. Come on, you blues. <laughs> <laughs>